0: Last One to the Party, the podcast where we check in with someone who's checking out a classic film, long-running TV show, or legendary performer for the very first time. Get, Get me, take one. one. That is the sound of the teacher's strike at Berklee College of Music in 1986. April of 1986, the teachers went on strike. And things got a little weird. So, among the things that happened were all of us stopped going to classes because for me, I mentioned this before. You know, I was fortunate I had a private instructor who had taught at Berkeley and gone to Berkeley. And so he taught me all of their specific nomenclature. And so I tested into the higher levels of the classes. So, there's gradations like there's Harmony One, but there's kind of three levels of Harmony One. And I was in Harmony 4, and I was in Arranging 1, and things like that. And, but I was in the slightly accelerated levels, and when the teachers walked out and went on strike, the department chairs took over the classes, but they had to teach the to the lowest common denominator. And they were 20 pages behind what I had already covered. So I said, screw this, I'm not going. I've already done all of this. It's gonna take you, I don't know how long to get caught up to where I, I already am so we had a lot of free time and we had to fill that free time as 18 year olds 19 year olds and one of the things that happened was three of my friends who lived you know next door to me and across the hall from me they got together and they they put this thing together and it was the the brainchild of joe cancellaro anthony melnick and carl olaco and anthony played bass and carl was the drum machines and joe was the vocalist and they did things like this. Joe was, they were all three of them were kind of audacious and over the edge in terms of what they would talk about. They would just do gross out things and absurd things. And one of the things that started before the strike was we had to do this listening and analysis class that took place in the performance center. And it was the entire incoming class sitting in this enormous 900 seat hall and they would play stuff for us and describe it for us and you know i was an extreme jazz snob and they played black dog by led zeppelin which i had loved i had bought all the led zeppelin albums and i would listened to them all to death and they talked about how listen to how jimmy page is stretching the time and in my mind he was inebriated under the influence of something and unable to keep good time and that's why that thing stretches and pulls the way it does it's fine it's a great effect maybe. I felt like I was just starting, you know, Winton and Branford were just hitting the scene and they were doing things with time signatures. And I thought that they know what they're doing. They're in control of that. This is not that. So it was a class that got kind of laughed at. And one of the classes they emphasized playing the blues and how important it was to play the blues. And so Anthony would have a few too many beers and he would just start shouting into the courtyard there at the dorms play the blues play the blues and he would import upon people to swing swing and he was a funk bass player and he didn't really care about any of that stuff and joe was a classical composer and he didn't really care about that stuff and carl was into electronic music and so he didn't care about that stuff either so they all were at berkeley because it was a good and prestigious place to go but They were focusing on stuff they didn't care about. And so there was a high level of mockery. That led to Joe creating this persona of Scatman Joe. And that's what this recording was. During the strike, they hold themselves up in Carl's room across the hall. And Joe was in the bathroom with a microphone, and Anthony was going direct into their four-track recorder with his bass, and Carl was programming the drum machine. And this was 1986, so this was advanced technology stuff. And it got weird. And I liked it from the beginning, and it marks that time period indelibly for me. Squid, but I dia, But I'm not buying ticket. i didn't get it. I didn't Oh, make but yeah, I booty, but 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 then a little bit later, there was a guy who was hanging out with us who went there but didn't pay to live in the dorms, I think. And maybe, I don't know if it was his apartment was so terrible, but he ended up crashing on a friend's floor all the time. And his name was Fred. I don't remember his last name. I once ran into him in New York like five, six years after we graduated. Really nice, really friendly. So great. But he was also a lunatic at the time. Like of a piece with Joe and Anthony and Carl just a madman and so Joe <laughs> Joe had had Fred do this duet and Joe calls it scatman and harry ape <laughs> Ding a bop, ding a ding a Things also got weird during the strike because we were so bored and at loose ends and you can only practice so much before your body physically gets tired of the act of playing a saxophone or practicing a piano or guitar or whatever it is. And across the street, across Mass Ave at what was then a store 24, they were selling squirt guns and they looked like Uzis. They were black and they looked exactly like Uzis and we all got one. And we started playing kind of a capture-the-flag kind of a game after hours in the dorms. And we had teams. Joe and I and Carl were on a team. Anthony did not play because he thought it was ridiculous. rightfully so. And we played against guys from another floor, and we would hunt each other after hours in the dorms. Just nuts. Nuts. And then uh, after that, Joe arranged to play Dungeons & Dragons with a... uh, Vietnam War theme. So we would go on these missions during the Vietnam War to blow something up or rescue a prisoner of war. So crazy things like that made you crazy. And then suddenly the teachers are on strike and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. And so you start playing uh with uzi squirt guns at 1 and 2 a.m in the morning (laughs) and you start playing dungeons and dragons that are set in vietnam and you get together and you record stuff like this And I've held on to this music for all of these years. It was on cassette tape for a long, long time because Joe Cancelero put it all together, the different tracks. He dubbed them down to cassette and he sent me one copy for Christmas and it was called A Scat Man Joe Christmas. And there was two tracks and, you know, there was more weirdly disturbing lyrics and songs on there one was about a guy that was in the dorms who was not very bright and it was titled big stupid and the guy's name well what's up jenny I recently found a video online on YouTube, good old YouTube, about a professor talking about that strike. And he said that the teachers all had buy-in and they had been teaching 40 hours a week in class because the president of the school, Lawrence Burke, who later turned it over to his son, Lee, which is why it's called Burke Lee, Lee Burke. Lawrence Burke thought everybody works a 40-hour week, not realizing that when you're a professor, there's other things you need to do. And so most professors at a college teach eight to maybe twelve hours in class, and then the rest is prep and grades and reviews and whatever. They were teaching forty hours a week and having to do this all this other stuff, and they were expected to work during the summers. And on and on. And on. They were just working under terrible gruel and making pennies. You know, he said that the important things were that all the teachers bought into the strike. There were even some chairman, the department chairs, who wanted to go on strike with them because they were in, you know, solidarity with them, but you know they couldn't obviously do that. And he said the other key was that the students didn't go to class, and that's when the school got worried because the students pay the bills. And if the students aren't going to class, they're not coming back. And if the students aren't going to class, the parents are getting pissed. And I know our my parents called. My parents were like, my dad was like, "What the fuck are you doing? I'm paying you money so that you don't teach. You get your shit together." that might be a verbatim quote (laughs) so yeah so we had to find crazy things to do and i think it was i think it was a in some ways a very anxiety producing and stressful situation being at berkeley now this progressed to the point that joe put up a poster (laughs) for a supposed recital of their music and uh i have a copy of that too and so uh that that'll be in the promo on the on the uh, instagram page so you can see what everybody looked like in the 80s this is making the podcast because it's something no one has ever heard ever nobody you know there's literally no more than a dozen people that have ever heard this and it's just bizarre and it's avant-garde and and amateurish all at once and uh it was just a crazy little slice of two weeks or so in april of 86 when everything shut down and it was bizarre to you know it was my first year at berkeley second semester and suddenly it all comes to a screeching halt (laughs) and it's like i don't I don't understand this. I'm 3,000 miles away from home, and there's nothing to do, and it's cold outside. And side note, I was not prepared for the cold. Bay a kid thought, well, my, my leather zip-up jacket will be fine, and my sneakers will be fine. I don't need a knit cap or mittens or gloves or anything. And so when I went outside, it was for short periods of time because it was painful. So kind of trapped... Inside with nothing to do, going a little crazy. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's time for Scatman Joe part two. I can go on Facebook or LinkedIn. We can get the band back together. Because I know that the world is clamoring for more Scatman Joe. Anyway, so yeah, talking about the strike in passing. Uh, made me kind of do some research, and I found this video. And there there used to be a video of the teachers on strike on YouTube, but maybe Berkeley took it down. Uh, It was an interesting time to be there and to have to go through that. But they won the strike, and they got better conditions and better pay. And so that's basically the story of that strike from one point of view, one small little perspective out of the entire student body. I'm sure there are some people who were like, I practiced like crazy, and that got me a record deal. (laughs) And we were playing Squirt Gun Wars and Vietnam War Dungeons and Dragons and recording Scatman Joe. And other people took opportunities to put their nose to the grindstone. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like most of the people I knew were really frustrated and just angry and annoyed at first it was just kind of fun it was like snow days but then it was just like what you just should we go to lunch i guess so but the cafeteria food was terrible like legendarily terrible but yeah so that was the strike the strike gave us Scatman joe which is beyond a cult (laughs) cult experience i feel like i might be i don't even know if those guys remember doing it I'll bet Joe does, but I don't know if, the, if Carl and Anthony remember it. My guess is probably not. And I'll bet Fred doesn't remember it. Nor, nor should they. But at any rate, that is one of the many outcomes of a teacher strike at a notable, exclusive music school in the great northeast of Boston we know it as Scat Manjo. If you'd like to follow Jessica online, you can find her on Instagram at Jessica underscore Elena underscore Eason and Elena is E-L-A-I-N-A Jessica underscore Elena underscore Eason. You can follow me on Instagram at James underscore Eason underscore music. The show is produced and edited by me James Eason and the theme music is composed by me James Eason.